Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy New Year's, everyone. I'm going to start out with the <clears throat> possibly the year's worst joke. So we'll just we'll get it out of the way. You'll, you'll see why. <clears throat> so a businessman had arranged an important formal dinner party at his home on New Year's Eve. He planned to serve his guest expensive steaks flown in from the Midwest. Well, when they arrived, it looked like they had perhaps unthawed during shipping. He was a little bit nervous. He asked the caterer's advice, and the caterer said, Gosh, I, they smell fine, they look fine. The man said, Just grill them. They'll be fine. So the host went to the, uh, so the guests were eating appetizers and um, having a nice time. The caterer came to the host and whispered, I need to see you in the kitchen. Come along. And so the, the host went into the kitchen, and the caterer explained that the host's dog had gotten up on the counter and uh, had damaged, shall we say, an unknown number of the steaks. And the guy said, well, uh, we can afford just to get rid of a couple of the obvious ones, but I think it'll be fine. You just cook them up, and I, I mean, it's going to sear them, right? Any germs, it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So the steaks were served. They were lovely. People were enjoying them. The meal was almost finished. The host was again summoned into the kitchen. The caterer, looking quite upset, told the host that the dog had died. So the host frantically rushes back into the dinner party, apologizes to everyone. Something's wrong with the steak. Everyone must have their stomachs pumped. We'll go to the hospital. All the guests are headed there. They endured the painful procedure and thus ended the worst New Year's Eve party ever. Well, that is, except, of course, for burying the dog. So the host goes back to his house, asks the caterer, where is it? I'll bury the dog. Oh, said the caterer, the dog is still down the road where the car hit it. <laughs> Wasn't that the worst New Year's Eve? It really was, yeah. Now the reason, the reason that I want to end 2017 with that bad joke is because I want 2017 to be over with its bad joke. I, I don't know how to say it any better than 2017 was a stinker, <laughs> wasn't it? I mean, can't you all, in fact, they did a recent poll, uh, Reuters did a poll, not since 2011 when the Twin Towers came down, not since then have Americans felt so fearful and anxious. Isn't this interesting? Not since a, a real visible, unexpected threat to the company, uh, country happened, uh, did Americans feel this uptight, this nervous, this fearful? Even though the economy is doing well, even though all of the economic and social indicators are, are poised, saying we're actually doing much better, nonetheless, for four or five straight years in a row, we as people have become a, a little more fearful, a little more anxious, a little more uptight. 
I'm ready for it to be over. Now, what do you think, though, that's going to take? Now, we can all make New Year's resolutions, and I'll talk about New Year's. In fact, we're going to have a whole ceremony around intentions for this coming year. But I think where we have to start up is releasing what isn't serving us anymore. And so I want to talk about this idea of fearfulness and anxiety that probably all of us to varying degrees are feeling somewhat. First of all, when I say let go of, it doesn't mean that you can somehow magically wave a wand or just say, okay, I'm not going to think about that anymore. In fact, if any of you have ever tried to not think about something, how, how well does that go? R- right. But I am suggesting that if we are feeling fearful, first we need to put a name to that fear. So part of our trouble is, I think a lot of our anxiety and a lot of our fears are around things that almost, well, or in some cases totally aren't real to begin with. We worry about the economy. For most people, the economy is actually doing really well. We worry about the state of affairs in the U.S. Actually, it's doing pretty darn well. Now, don't get me wrong. There are always places of improvement. I mean, there are definitely some things that are bugging me right now with the politics that are going on and other issues in the world. I mean, my gosh, we had some amazing natural disasters this year, fires, uh, hurricanes, right? Absolutely things that came up But I'm suggesting we need to name those things, process those things, and move on. So what I would like you to do, if if I have the power at all to assign homework, and some days I I think I am powerful in that way, (laughs) other days I'm not so sure, I would like you to think about what is frightening you right now. To think about what is bringing up anxiousness, a feeling of tightness, a feeling of being blocked or stopped or, or some dismay that you're feeling. Because I think that first of all we have to acknowledge what it is. So many of us just hold that in, and i got to tell you, any of you who have studied any of the biochemistry of our thoughts out picturing in our bodies, I'm here to tell you, if you have pent-up anxiety, fear, anger, any of those things in you that are not resolved, that's the perfect recipe for heart disease, for high blood pressure, for all of the opportune diseases that can affect us. So, so first of all, think of this as a, as a health treatment for yourself. Once you have define some of the things that you're anxious or fearful of, I'd like you then to ask yourself, is there something I can do about this? Now, fear, believe it or not, is actually a super useful emotion. Fear is what gets us to dial 911 when we need help. Fear is what gets us to go to the doctor when we've been putting it off. Fear is the thing that uh, has us call a lawyer and get a restraining order when it's appropriate. Fear is a good thing if it prompts useful action. But what I'm guessing is, for most of us, our fears and anxiety, some of our simmering angers, are not going to actually move us to do a darn thing. Because they're not real in terms of real in the moment I need to do something. They're just kind of stacking up, weighing on our heart, weighing on our ability to have a good life. Now, What I would like to suggest is those kinds of fears 
as best we can. It's in our own best interest and in the interests of the world if we can process them and get them out. So I would invite us all, when we get home and we're in a quiet place, uh, uh, play, play grand opera for a minute and feel those feelings as intensely as you can. Uh, maybe give a good scream uh, if you've got one of those plastic baseball bats. Uh, maybe whack the back of your recliner with it, right? You know, like, like any of that pent over emotion around these fears that really you can't do anything about. Let's work them out. Let's work through them. Let's release them in whatever means and way you know works for you. If we don't, I'm here to suggest 2018 is going to be a lot like 2017. What happens in our world is a reflection of what's going on in our minds. And so 2017 was a reflection of our collective thinking. I want to see something a little better. (laughs) I'm up for the challenge, and I'm going to challenge all of us to see if we can't make collectively and personally, 2018 better. Happier, more robust, has more peace in it, more abundance, more love to be expressed, a greater sense of unity. I I mean, I, I could keep going with what my expectation is, but the place to start is releasing what is keeping us from experiencing that right now. And so I, I, I really want you to think this week when you have a few moments, uh, maybe when you're doing your spiritual practice or maybe just on the kitchen table with a, a, a bit of a piece of paper and a pencil, what is it that is limiting me right now? What is it that's making me feel afraid or small or anxious? What is it that's keeping a cap on how much love I can experience. What's, what's blocking me or holding me down from, I don't know, pursuing some, something wonderful in the world? Why, why am I feeling I'm not up for it? I'm not available to it. Why am I shrinking back into a place of anxiety or fear? And then... What can I do about it? How can I release this? And it's different for everybody. I know for us guys, often physical activity is part of the necessary formula. And if you've ever seen a gentleman at the gym making outrageous noises as they're doing their exercises, tell me, I got to tell you, it's partly therapeutic. Part of that making the noise is getting it out releasing it. So so whatever works for you, take this on as an actual assignment, if you will, release some of the fear and anxiety you're feeling. Now, if you have fear and anxiety around something that needs to be done, equally, do it, right? So if you need to get a new lock for your front door so that your ex can't uh, make unexpected visits, Purely hypothetical examples, of course. <laughs> uh, you know, do it. Uh, m- make whatever you need to make changes so that you feel safe, so that you feel secured, so that you feel loved, right? If it's something real that you can act upon, act upon it. If not, let's process through it so that our good intentions for this coming year can actually find purchase, can actually move forward. Otherwise, 2018, it's going to be like playing the same record again. Okay, now I want to talk about making good intentions. So we all know the idea of the the New Year's resolution. Let me read a few that I've heard before. I'm going to lose 25 pounds. 
I'm going to get a new job or I'm going to get a raise in the old job. I'm going to start dating again. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to eat better and start exercising. Sound familiar, some of them? How well do you think those work? Do you know all of the the different uh, gymnasiums in town love New Year's? They sell $1,000 year-long packages. And you know what? Those thousands of dollars really only cover the first two or three weeks because that's the average with which a New Year's resolution actually is kept up on, a few weeks. Now, my suggestion is because First of all, all of those things that I just read to you are sort of wishful hopefuls. Wouldn't it be sweet if I lost 25 pounds? Wouldn't it be great if I went back to school again? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be healthy if I started exercising three to five times a week? Do you even hear me saying three to five times a week? Doesn't it just sound like a magic formula? Well, the key here is I'm thinking it's magical. The key here is, yeah, absolutely. I'm pretending, I'm pretending that these are things that I'm going to support. And in my head, I might be pretty clear about it. In my head, I might be thinking I'm up for this. But when it hits the road, what I discover is I'm counting somehow on this thing called willpower to see me through. And willpower, my friends, is just like wind power or tidal power. Uh, are all of you up on some of these new alternative energies that are out there? I love them. In fact, I, on my utility plan, I got to sign up for a, a, a clean, uh, I can't remember exactly what the term for it is, but it resources clean energy. And I was uh, uh, excited to see one of them was wind power. But you know what? The wind doesn't always blow. And that's the trouble with thinking you're going to keep a resolution based on your willpower is that sometimes you just don't have the will for it. What sustains us beyond this idea of willpower? That's where I think we go from making a resolution into making an intention. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. But to introduce that, I'm going to do a reading for you. This is from Howard Thurman. The Moments of High Resolve. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. Despite the dullness and barrenness of the days that pass, if I search with due diligence, I can always find a deposit left by former radiance. I had forgotten. At the time, it was full-orbed, glorious and resplendent. I was sure that I would never forget. In the moment of its fullness, I was sure that it would illuminate my path for the rest of my journey. I had forgotten how easy, though, it is to forget. There was no attempt to betray what seemed so sure at the time. My response was whole, clean, authentic. But, little by little, there crept into my life the dust and the grit of the journey. Details, lower-level demands, all kinds of cross-currents, nothing momentous, Nothing overwhelming, nothing flagrant. A clear-cut issue, I would have fought it to the end and beyond. So in the quietness of this place, surrounded by all the pervading presence of God, my heart whispers, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. 
that in fair weather or in foul, in good times or in tempests, in the days when the darkness and the foe are nameless and familiar, may I not forget that to which my life is committed. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.